0: So a little Now, if someone's in for the first time, be are like, why is he talking like this? Does he always talk like this? And the answer is no. But no. <laughs> I'll talk to my more normal voice. But uh, no, so that's kind of a reference of what's going to come. And I guess once you, you know, listen to the whole episode, you get a bit more idea of what just happened and why, why I was so weird like that. But... It wasn't weird it's it's actually a reference and you get it but yeah so we're back with another brand new guest episode for you now today we have someone special and we have someone from the music genre now music is special for everyone as and i'm no different music is an integral part of my life and yeah today we have with us axel mansoor Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, we get the whole effect over here. <laughs> but yeah, so Axel Mansoor, I'll just give a quick introduction so you know who he is and you know what he does. So he is a daytime Emmy Award nominee in the category of best original song in a drama for his work on ABC's General Hospital and yeah that's a pretty pretty amazing work and a pretty amazing achievement in itself but that's not where it stops so he recently has been you know featured in the nbc songland and he was one of the finalists now some of you might have heard you know the judges the the pretty famous everyone's famous in that show but yeah you must have heard of it other than that Axel found himself, you know, exploring in, you know, drop-in audio platforms such as Clubhouse. And he started Lullaby Club. Now, Lullaby Club kind of explains why I talk like that initially. And Lullaby Club, he's basically the founder of... And due to the success of Lullaby Club and, you know, so many people join, millions of people joined Lullaby Club, Uh, artists like Charlie Puth, everyone, you know, joined him for this thing and he's had the chance of, you know, playing it with them and it's beautiful. And that's where it just gets amazing. So because of club, you know, because of Lullaby Club becoming so famous, Clubhouse offered Axel to become the face of the app so if you have you know installed the app sometime in the past you might have seen This person was on the app. He was literally the apps icon and That's just amazing. So other than this all of these, you know touching millions of people's hearts everywhere and you know Making them sleep and helping them sleep Uh, His music has been placed with brands like McDonald's Lexus Fender etc. Now any electric guitarist who are you know budding electric guitarists or even you know vintage you know fender McDonald's everyone knows and Lexus hey car guys you guys you guys got that (laughs) but yeah everyone knows these brands and it's so so huge it's crazy. So yeah, we present you this amazing episode and I hope you have a good time. So let's go. Let's get into it. Welcome (laughs) this Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, 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 no problem. (laughs) So, okay, so let's start from the beginning. So you've been a barista at Starbucks, to a hiring recruiter, (laughs) to having your face on an app, which is widely used by millions and millions of people, and then, like, it just keeps getting better. You've performed with John Mayer, Charlie Puth, and all of these people through Lullaby Club. So how did your music journey start, and how has it been for you?
1: wow well first of all i'm flattered that you found out that i was a starbucks barista (laughs) Uh, good times um how did it start uh well it really all started with uh my older brother misha who's uh he's a pretty famous progressive metal musician um but he's nine years older than me and just always really looked up to him and i just idolized him when i was 13 years old He sort of took me aside. I was in eighth grade and he was like, hey, Axel, do you want girls to like you? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) he's like, learn to play guitar. (laughs) Um, And obviously it's it's a funny story, but like it was really just because he he told me to do it, you know, and I just wanted to be close to my brother and music became something that um, it was a way for us to connect. and it was he and i fought a lot and so music was something where we didn't fight you know and and we could just spend quality time with each other so that was really a, a, the big motivation it, it was all about relationships and connection
0: oh that that's absolutely beautiful and anything that you know and also music really unites people and like we have seen that through you know ladderby club and everything and so it's, it's a beautiful thing so Let's talk about Lullaby Club. I've, I've I've taken the name twice, so I guess everyone's wondering, <laughs> Hey, dude, what is that man? Like, we don't know about it. So let's state some stats first. So 260 plus shows, 400 plus incredible artists, millions of people sung to sleep in just one year. So let's hear it from you first. So what is Lullaby Club? How did it come? And what was the story, man? Oh,
1: wow. Um... Lullaby Club is many things. Uh, it, it, it's the most beautiful thing I ever stumbled into. Um, it has evolved, but it's very multifaceted. It's a it's an online show. It's a brand that we're building. It's a community of people. It's a community of artists. Um, and it's an experience. And so what Lullaby Club started as and where it will be in five to ten years, uh, I think that that answer will continue to evolve, which is what makes it so exciting. But at the end of the day, what Lullaby Club is supposed to feel like is it's supposed to be a place where people can come and relax and even fall asleep to artists of all kinds, but a lot of singer-songwriters, just playing soothing music, doing soothing versions of their own songs, of covers, of whatever. But it's just this idea that um, singing somebody to sleep is a really beautiful thing. Um, And that's really that that's the idea behind it all. It's just that there's a there's a certain kind of magic that happens when you put people who just want to be soothed with really incredible artists who are willing to do that and it's you know put their ego away and just perform with the sake of with the intention of trying to to help you know uh so i know it's a long-winded answer but uh it's many things and
0: and and it's, it's it's amazing it's amazing it's absolutely amazing like i i've been through i guess one session that was and it's amazing it's absolutely okay so one another thing is that you were the face of the clubhouse icon so that's firstly got to be exciting that's that's got to be you know like one of the best things to happen so how did that come through uh
1: how did i become the clubhouse icon um really it was because of lullaby club i mean that's my hypothesis anyways <laughs> I was just doing Lullaby Club, kind of minding my own business, not really trying to find a lot of followers or I wasn't really worrying about what it was going to turn into. It was just this fun thing that I was doing for a, in the small corner of Clubhouse. And then it just sort of caught like wildfire, I think, because it was the pandemic and people were really lonely and scared and sad. Um i and the other people in lullaby club the other artists and the people who helped we created this space where that was okay it was okay for you to be scared it was okay for you to be like uncertain um but you could come into this place and we could play you music and laugh and speak softly and um all that and i I think that just really uh resonated with people that they really really felt it and it started to grow really quickly and i think clubhouse recognized that there was something special happening on their platform and they wanted to help elevate it and i guess they wanted a new icon and they reached out to me and it was insane it was like the craziest thing ever yeah, yeah. i didn't believe it when i first got the email i thought it was like a a joke email <laughs>
0: absolutely yeah oh it's it's amazing it's like Firstly, there were really hard times outside, everyone's stuck inside and, you know, everyone's going through a lot and if something like this comes in the way and everyone, you know, it's really helping people and really, and I guess that's what, you know, really aided to the growth is where everyone is going through the same thing, but there is this one thing which is really helping people and that's just beautiful. So, coming to this moment... That
1: that was the main reason I did it, was, the reason I kept doing it at the beginning wasn't because there was a lot of people in the room. When I was doing it at first, there was maybe 10, 15 people maximum. Um, But I would do these small rooms and then people would DM me on Instagram afterwards saying, "You know, "I I haven't been able to sleep and this is the first time I've slept like so well or I've been so anxious, I've been so lonely. So I was getting these really powerful messages from people and I was like, all right, this is awesome like you know I'm having fun people are getting something out of it like that was that's always been the motivation it's yeah, just like it feel,
0: it's a win-win it feels good exactly it feels amazing so being a first generation American and you've been very vocal about you know the process of self-love and even with your new latest EP slash album you have talked about it very openly and uh, the songs are very yes. you know very deep and and, and great, firstly, you got to acknowledge that. So what is, like, how did you get through that transition? And what really helped you through it? So I, I know you have talked about, you know, journaling, and it's even in the, in the songs of that, you've talked about journaling, and there's also you made reels about it. So how did you start through the process?
1: Yeah, um, I started really, you know, the idea of self-love um, when I was, like, 19 or 20, was something that I would have, like, I I think I thought it was really stupid. Um, I, it sounded cliche or corny or whatever. There's all these things like self-love. Ew, I don't know what that means. Um, But one thing that I recognize is that I, I was really depressed a lot and I was really anxious and I just had crazy anxiety and depression and I wanted to be an artist, but I I was so in my own way. Um, I was my own worst enemy. And I got very good advice um, from my partner at the time. And she told me that if I could learn how to love myself and be my own biggest fan and be my own biggest advocate, then everything else would work out. Uh, And it probably took me (laughs) eight years to really get to that point um but it 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 was a combination of trying a lot of different things reading a lot of different books all about you know what is happiness actually what does it mean to love yourself um doing therapy trying things like affirmations um some really important psychedelic journeys that i had um it was and I would say this, that was just my path. If there's anybody listening you know now or in the future who is struggling with this and trying to figure out on their own, those are definitely places that you can start, but it's not the only thing. There are lots of ways, lots of paths. Um, I think the most important thing is that you just want it and that you want a better relationship with yourself and you're willing to put in the work. And keep trying even when it feels bad or doesn't feel good. Like even when you're not sure what you're doing and you're doubting yourself, that you just keep trying Um, because eventually something will work. Eventually something will feel like it it works for you. Um, And everyone's different. I mean, the reason I I, I made the journal that way actually was... um...
0: Oh, definitely. And even the journal which you released exhibits these qualities, like the pages are black and the ink is white. I mean, that's something like a design. I'm design oriented. so I love that. But, you know, it's just uh, it's so unique. And there's a whole message regarding this. We'll we'll put the link in the bio so people can check it out.
1: It was a collaboration with the with the actually my old college roommate um, who was starting a a, a new company. And he had already had the idea for like a black journal. and I loved that because it's different and I wanted something different. Um, it's something unique. It's not something you see a lot. And I I think I just like challenging. I, I always like things that are a little weird. I always like th- doing things a little bit different because I want whatever i do and especially if it's like a merch product or something like that like i don't want it to just be like everything else out there i want it to feel special um, and that was such a cool aesthetic that i was like oh that's you know I, that's something i can get down with.
0: absolutely and i also want to you know shift the conversation a bit i know you don't talk about self-love because uh, you have been an avid you know advocate of self-love and uh, you've talked about it openly and I guess it's a topic which is so necessary at this time. And just cause the everywhere, you know, times are tough and I feel people should be more in touch with this topic, but they they're not. So, you know, I, I want to talk about that as well.
1: Oh, that's so important. I, you know, I, I know this is maybe going off script a little bit, but I, I will say that I think self-love like real self-love is, is exceedingly rare. I think most people that I meet in the world don't have a great relationship with themselves. Most people, the way that they talk to themselves in here, in their head, is so brutal. And it's it's more brutal than they would ever treat somebody else in their life. You know? We're so hard on ourselves. And it's i think like only because i've been on both sides because i used to be i used to talk to myself so badly you know i used i mean i don't know what i can say on this <laughs> but you know it was not appropriate and i i i i was very mean to myself and if i made any little mistake i would berate myself and beat myself up for days if not weeks um you know play, making one little mistake at a show or whatever, like just, or just convince saying all the time, like, I'm never going to make it. I suck at music. I should just give up like all that kind of self-talk. So I know what it's like to, to have that reaction. And I, now I'm so happy because I'm on the other side of it. And I actually have a great relationship with myself, but I agree. I think self-love is, I, I really believe that if Everybody on the planet had a better relationship with themselves. We would live in a very different world. Absolutely. Like
0: when your friend makes a mistake, you tend to be like, oh, a, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, next time you'll do better. But like somehow when you make a mistake, it's always, oh, my gosh, you're stupid. How could you? And <laughs> all the filthy things that come to your mind. But... I, I guess everyone listening, as well as like me, can uh, you know relate with exactly what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the way the way we treat other people is not the way we treat ourselves.
0: Weirdly enough. But coming to a bit more fun part of you know the episode is that one thing we gotta ask you know about how was your experience you know being in NBC Songland so you know, with these stars uh there are so many of them and especially I guess the highlight of the episode is this her I guess is it her or is it her uh, either ways <laughs> you know that's a that's a huge thing and there you know I we can see that everyone had an amazing time because. Of their reaction to your singing and you know your song but yeah scary definitely one of my favorite songs and we got to talk about this so how was your experience yeah
1: it was crazy <laughs> i mean you know that that happened also uh i guess eight months or uh, about a year before clubhouse happened so that was just a crazy experience because you know it was like prime time television so we had hair and makeup and like wardrobe and everything and we were put up in a hotel and they fed us and then I was you know staying in a hotel with these other in- incredibly talented musicians and we became like a little family for like two weeks and I you know got to meet Ryan Tedder and Esther Dean and Shane McNally and they're all super nice and complimentary of of me as a songwriter and as an artist. And it was just, it it was like a whirlwind. It was like a whirlwind and it was incredibly nerve wracking, you know, performing these songs on live TV or, you know, for recording it. It it, it, it was a crazy experience. Every time I, I think back about it, I'm just like very grateful, very grateful that I got to have that. Because now my niece and nephew will always think I was cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you're like the coolest now. Uh, I don't think anything can ever top that. But no, like for me, the thing is the everything, everything in the show is so wholesome. I, I know that there's a moment where in the start there's just vocals and then the music comes and you can see Dean actually uh, physically excited. She's just you know so this and i feel that's so wholesome and for everyone anyone who doesn't know Esther, Dean uh you might have seen her in pitch perfect movies and yeah she's just amazing and yeah it's such a wholesome environment well
1: a from esther esther taught me how to how to take a song that was written you know in one way and turn it into like a performance uh, mm-hmm and and how how to how to make a song have like a moment especially in terms of a performance Um uh, there's this part where she changed the bridge with me and we worked it we workshopped it together and i hit this like high falsetto note and i never would have done that um if not for her but she you know in her making that suggestion me doing it and then seeing the feedback i learned like oh wow like this is how you can build in like a special moment. And also personally as an artist that that was something people actually wanted from me. It was like some, one of those big of moments. I would, I never would have done that without her. Um, and now I do it every time. <laughs> so you know, now it's like a part of the way I perform it. Um, so I, I think just whenever you're working with other great artists and you're opening up to their other perspectives you'll learn something because they'll do something that you wouldn't have done otherwise you know that's how we learn
0: yeah exactly exactly and I guess yeah that's the beauty of being with people out there who they, they bring all these ideas and perspectives and it just elevates oh. the whole thing and might I add you didn't hit the note you nailed it okay like that was that was <laughs> and especially because it was live, right? I was like, oh, that, that that gave me goosebumps at that time when I watched it. So, coming to the music part of it, so, how do you write your songs? So, what is your writing process? And this, I ask you with perspective of, or with respect to all these budding artists who are writing or who are listening to us right now. So, what would you give an advice, like, for the writing process of it? And how do you go about it?
1: You know, I think that... Um the writing process continually evolves and what works for you one week may not work the next week. (laughs) And there are, there are kind of little tricks and stuff that you can pick up, but I think the most important piece of writing is understanding yourself. Art is life. Life is art. And for me, I know that I don't like pressure. And I know some writers who love pressure and need the pressure in order to write. So creating an environment for yourself, I think is as important as the act of actually doing it. Like making sure that you you set up your space and you set it up so that you, you want to show up every day? Because that's the most important part of writing music. Just sitting your butt down in the chair or at the desk or wherever you are and actually putting the time in and doing it consistently is the most important thing. Um, And that's something that I have to practice all the time because I'm not always consistent. Uh, But it really is a muscle. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, You get into a flow and that's a really really important piece of it uh personally the way that i write that was very general but the the way that i write personally it changes a lot but but generally i have to feel like i'm jamming with myself uh, because then i don't think so much and i just feel and anytime i overthink things it starts to fall apart (laughs) like i I think about lyrics too hard, melody too hard, all of that. Like I have to feel it with my body. Um and even when I'm writing lyrics, a lot of the time I'll find like a progression or a melody or something that I'll like and I'll just mumble. I'll mumble whatever. I'll just say nonsense words until you know one nonsense syllable sounds like a word that I might know and then I'm like, "What's the Okay, maybe there's something." And then I keep pulling on that thread and seeing what happens. sometimes it leads somewhere and sometimes it leads nowhere. And um, I think when writing is this process of like intuitive exploration and discovery and happy mistakes and not really knowing where I'm going, but having a good time doing it. um, That is when writing is the most fun. And generally for me, the writing that I have the most fun doing tends to be the best writing. Uh, so, yeah, I I try to just, I try to just play and and play not like playing music, but play as in like, like, like a kid on a playground, you know?
0: Yeah. And and that process itself is very exciting. And when you, you learn a lot about yourself and the whole process, it's just, aids to whatever like every song you make teaches you something and then it keeps getting better and better every time oh
1: yeah and sometimes I'll start writing something and I think it's going to be about one thing and then I'll and then I'll say like a phrase and everything will click into place all of a sudden and I'll be like oh my god this song is about this fight that I had like a month ago with somebody that I totally didn't think about or like this is about this feeling that I've totally uh, like I haven't I put it in the back of my head and now it's coming up you know it's like sometimes the song will reveal itself and it will be different than what i thought it was going to be and i love those moments because again it's it feels like tapping into this to real magic yeah yeah and that's
0: just that's the fun part of it and that's like
1: the
0: oh, whole it's thing so it's so fun, fun. Yeah. It's, it's amazing it's amazing so, so we have many people who you know I or friends I have where I know you know if they start publishing their music they will be like really good but they are shy or they are insecure yeah. and all of that so for all the people out there who relate with this feeling what are like I, would, I don't want to put a number like top three but how many other tips that you have that you know that you think might help them
1: Help people who have music but haven't been putting it out
0: or they just they they don't do whatever with the like, gift they have they they just too insecure or just shy about it or they just don't sing out loud when they can mm, mm-hmm. I think the
1: number one tip is that it really comes back to to your relationship with yourself I think the reason people don't put that music out there is probably because they're scared and they're scared that if they put it out and it doesn't meet an expectation that they have you know whatever that expectation is whether it's no one will listen to it or it won't be the number one song on Spotify or whatever it is um, it's usually because there's a fear and for all those people I would encourage them to to Really understand what is the expectation that you have. And is it realistic? Is it fair? Would you expect the same of somebody else at your same level? You know? Um, and to to try to be more self-reflective and, and introspective and understand why am I choosing not to release this stuff? Why am I holding on to it? Because the reality is that put it out like at the worst possible thing that can happen is that no one will care that's it the best possible thing that happens there's literally no limit to what could happen like anything could happen but the worst possible thing is not that bad like i think we make it a lot worse in our heads than it really is um but it's because we carry this like this pressure and this expectation that it needs to be something otherwise what does it mean about us? You know, that means I'm not a real artist or or whatever. Um, And I, I think like a lot of the time it's just like, dude, just put it out. Like worst comes to worst. Nobody gives a shit. You'll, you'll live (laughs) like, like then just make the next one, put that out. And if you keep doing it, people will start to care, but no one's going to care if you've got nothing out there. Like they won't know. So, yeah don't don't just sit on your stuff unless you have a very very good reason to but most people who are starting out you don't like you just need to start putting stuff out there
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that that does you know it does perspective to i hope people really you know understand from this and yeah it, it, it's it, it's a beautiful thing like when you make music and you put it out and people like at least even if one person is like hey to that song you sang, that really, you know, just made me happy, or just you know, that helped me when I was sad, or anything like that. Small thing happens; it it really brightens your mood up and everything. It just you, you make you feel very good, and I feel you are the best person to know this because hey, <laughs> the Lullaby Club was amazing. So, so we we've talked about Songland. So let's come to the special um, surprise that we have for the audience. That. Firstly thanks thanks a lot for that. <laughs> we are really excited. <laughs> and, uh, especially me I'm really excited about this. So Axel is here. She's about to sing for us and let me go grab yes, my guitar. Yes, please. <laughs> this is amazing.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm going to do a little uh a little more lullaby version of of scary. Just for you man. <laughs> All right.
2: Casual, for me I'll be the one you call. Yeah, want your body, yeah. I want it all. So don't keep me waiting. I want you so bad.
0: the only one who's slapping right now, but everyone who's listening is probably going wild out there. <laughs> oh, It's it's amazing. It's amazing. That's that so beautiful, man. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. It, it's it's a it's a song which is amazing when you play it with the band and it's really exciting. And then when you play it acoustic, it's so peaceful. I mean, it, it goes both ways and that's just beautiful.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I've always believed that that's like the true test of a song is like it's a a song is, at least for me, I always want to write my songs so that they can live in many different forms. Yep. Like, just because that way they can be dynamic, yep. you know?
0: Yeah, that, that's exactly. And like, you can put it to use in a, in many different places. And that's amazing. Like, uh, I, I've, I've listened to the, you know, acoustic version of it now. And I've been going crazy for the, you know, the whole, with the band and everything else. I know. It's amazing. Then the band, I want the band version to come out because I have a sick recording. I have been waiting, <laughs> that was one of my questions, like after the episode, I was like, why isn't it on Spotify? You're like, <laughs> like
1: bro, what's the deal? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I, literally searched it on Spotify, I was like, Axel Monsoon's scary, and everything is like scary, this scary, that. I was like, wait, what is this? Did, am I searching the wrong thing or something? That was like, oh,
1: no, that yeah. On? Well, just to answer that question very quickly. So um, for some reason, NBC took down the video uh, from the show. I don't know why they took it down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I have a, a, a version of the song. that's like, it's like 85% done. Okay. Um, but it's pretty much the demo that I submitted to Songland. Um, when we when that all happened and so I have that version and honestly it's good enough to put out I just haven't put it out because there was a period of time where we couldn't put it out because of NBC because of some legality issues um, and then right when that ended everything happened with Clubhouse and Lullaby Club and so, the timing of things has just not i mean things have been going great in one way, but but it made it so that like it didn't make a lot of sense to be putting out that song, but I love that song so much, and I really, really want it to come out I
0: mean, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean for me, it's the cover on youtube I mean that's 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 what I've been vibing to for now, so <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, so. Firstly, thank you for that again. And that was beautiful. And I I hope everyone is young. We come back to the... So some questions now just to annoy the audience so They're like, hey it just ended there, man. This was the peak of the episode. So they're like, no wait, we got something for you. <laughs> so so one more thing which was really exciting for me is like I'm a you know, metaverse fan, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you have been very, you know, involved in the latest future technologies and everything, especially with your virtual concert with AT and T, with the five G thing and I have seen the video of it and it was pretty cool. If I had known before I would have totally joined. But that was like that was amazing. That The whole thing, and your avatar was pretty good looking too. So I mean, kudos to the (laughs) to to those people. But so you didn't have the hair. Yeah, didn't have the hair. I was was thinking that. (laughs) So so that was amazing. And then you have your own NFT, which is amazing. That was you said that. Yeah, that was amazing. And so. What do you think is the future of music with respect to, you know, the metaverse coming in? And you, you also said, you know, that you want Lullaby Club to, you know, transfer it even to the metaverse and whatever comes along in the real life as well as the virtual world. So how do you see everything going on? You
1: know, I think it's, I think that the, I still have a lot of hope for whatever Web3 is, because <laughs> I think, no one really knows what it is yet, other than a promise of a better web, of a yeah. of a brighter future, um, and of course, that's that's a, who wouldn't want that, right? Um, I think that my stance on Web three and NFTs and DAOs and you know all of the buzzwords and buzz terms um, is continually evolving. There there are times where I am, like, so excited, and I just think it's, oh, my God, it's the absolute future. And then there's also pieces of it that I think deserve criticism and deserve a critical look. Um, I think there are a lot of problems that uh, there are some people acknowledging, but I think there there are some issues still. And I think it's very hard because what we basically have is this blockchain is this you know incredible technology that I don't really fully understand and I think most people that are in this world don't really they don't really fully understand it and I don't think I I I haven't seen many applications that are unique just to blockchain I think I see a lot of things where they need blockchain to give it legitimacy, but the projects just on their own merit wouldn't exist and I think that's kind of one of the problems and i I definitely want to bring virtual reality experiences, augmented reality experiences, and I guess that is the land of the metaverse, right and there's this idea of the lullaverse that I love, and mm-hmm. I really want to build that out because I'm a huge sci-fi nerd and I and and fantasy nerd and I I love the possibility of creating worlds. Um, I think it's so early and and I'm excited to see where it goes. And there was a moment that I had where I was like, okay, I'm gonna go all in on Web3. I'm gonna absolutely go Mm -hmm. in on it. And I realized that what's really beautiful about Lullaby Club is that we don't need Web3 to succeed. I think there are a lot of projects out there that need to be associated with web three or there there, there won't be anything unique about them yeah. and I think what's great about lullaby club is that we can exist as you know web two yeah. and we can have a foot in web three but we don't need to like fully be like we're an only web three platform
2: yeah
1: um I I think there's a lot of talented people. I think there's a lot of incredibly creative people in this world, and I want them to come play a Lullaby Club, you know. And I I want to be able to support those artists, um, but I I'm not yet. I'm not yet fully convinced in a way where I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna abandon everything and just go straight into Web three.
0: Um,
1: I want to take a longer. Yeah. longer slower approach and you know there I want to build things with Lullaby Club so that as Web3 develops we're not like what's Web3 yeah. you know I, I'm keeping tabs on it I'm reading articles I, I I have a lot of friends I'm involved in some DAOs like I'm still very much in the world but there's some pieces of the of cultures really and I say this as somebody that had a successful NFT drop. I I have to admit that like I don't love the culture that comes from creating scarcity because it I feel like what it does like philosophically I think I'm I'm more opposed to it because what it does is it preys on people's fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And I'm so about love and self love it like it feels like it's it's pretty that that goes against what i believe in which is like how do you motivate people i like i wish that blockchain i hope somebody really smart much smarter than me can figure out how do we create value out of abundance rather than value out of scarcity we have these old models where we're like well something's only valuable if it's rare you know, and that's it. And so we take this thing, which is totally limitless, which is, you know, ones and zeros, and we can have as much of it as we want. And we're like, okay, we're going to artificially limit it. And then, therefore, it can be valuable. Uh, and I'm like, wait, isn't that just the same thing that we've been doing this whole time? Just, it's like a cable with extra steps. It's like, it's like, so I'm just. I I want to see something new, you know, and that's that's why I'm excited about Web three because there is, there are people asking questions that they've never asked before, and there's more people and more money being put into interesting questions about how do you run community, how do you how do you govern large bodies of people, how do you make it sustainable? I think these are all interesting questions, um, but I'm still waiting to see something that is totally new in the actual application, not just the story of like, this is new, but like I don't really know why it's new, yeah. you know, Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> There's was a long-winded answer, no, no. it's a complicated topic.
0: No, it, it is actually, and I guess the fact that it's so new, and people don't really, as you said, people don't really know what it will amount to in the future, and it's, I guess, for me, the way I see it is like the abundance of opportunity so as you said that maybe someone really comes up with something and that's one more perspective that i didn't really think of that hey like fomo is a serious thing and nfts kind of really elevate that and everyone's like hey i need to buy an nft now everyone's you know making so much money out of it and i need to be in that and then people might take wrong choices and they make then it's a whole sketchy thing and but luckily we just look for the positive and hopefully there's something really beautiful comes up along the way and you know something really amounts to it and uh, that's that's amazing so so this basically concludes our question segment so one new thing that we really recently introduced is our audience segment so we have four questions that we picked out from which the first one is it's not a question. Okay. This is great. So it's not a question, but um, <laughs> that was kind of anticlimactic, but okay. So it's not, it's not a question, but then we picked this because it's just amazing. So Dave says, no questions, just thanks for the Lullaby Club. So, wow. Thanks, Dave. So, okay. So coming to the question. You're co- very welcome, man. <laughs> yeah. and, coming and to the, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So coming to the questions part of it is, so Krish asks, hey, I saw you on Songland. How was that experience? PS, I loved your
1: song. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty much what we were talking about it before. It was an incredible experience. It was a once in a lifetime experience. You know, I'm not expecting something like that to ever happen again. And if it does, it's great. Uh, but I, I just feel very, very grateful and proud that I was able to do that. And I. Feel like I learned a lot. I met really interesting people, and I'm proud of how I did. So, you know, a great experience overall.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. So Sarthak has asked, how did you celebrate getting nominated for an Emmy? <laughs> uh, you know, back when I
1: got that nomination, I was still really working on the self-love stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was still. Deep in like that place of like being really hard on myself and I I don't think I celebrated it, you know I think I was I was excited to tell people and I was also so nervous and I was like man if I don't win this like Is my career gonna be over and spoiler alert? I did not win (laughs) And double spoiler my career did not end Um, so I Think I've gotten better at celebrating things uh but I'm, I'm pretty low key, you know, like for my birthday, every year, what I do is I get like a bunch of friends and we play laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, okay. I, I, I think like celebrating for me is just, um, it's more of an internal thing, you know, yeah. like I don't do a, maybe I'll have a bottle of champagne with some friends or something or, you know, take a little moment just to, yeah. Just to be like hey let's take a moment let's let's get really present and just be like this is cool this is cool that this is happening (laughs) and then let's move on (laughs) like that's kind of that's kind of how i do it
0: okay yeah that that's amazing so raj has asked firstly before i ask a question because raj thank you so cheers to brian thank you for him for you know, helping me through this, and this oh, has been amazing. Yeah. So Raj has asked. Brian's
1: the best man. He's he definitely Brian's my. <laughs> that's my boy. Yeah. I would not be I would not be where I am
0: if not for Brian Mooney. Yeah, I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. So that really, I I guess you've half answered the question already. So how important is it to have a manager as an artist? So, or, and then he Raj has asked, like, can I go on by myself?
1: It really, so, okay, if you want to be an artist and, you know, there's a lot of um, different kind of roles that you can have in the music industry. Like you could be a songwriter, you could be a producer, you could be a top liner, you could do uh, all sorts of different things, but if, if what you want is to be an artist, at some point you're gonna need a manager. Most artists don't need a manager until they are getting so many inbound offers or so many people wanting their attention that they need somebody to sort it sort through with it or what they need is just another teammate working on their stuff um, and so there, i mean god like I, i'm not gonna lie having a manager is so helpful if you have a good manager and there's a huge difference between having a good manager a mediocre manager and a bad manager and a lot of people like a bad manager can ruin you before you ever get started or worse what they can do is you can be really talented and they'll make you sign stuff that is unfair to you and you won't know Um, you know so a a, a bad manager can be really bad for your career Uh, a mediocre manager can be time consuming and a good manager can can really change things. But the question that I would say also for those artists that are out there is, you have to really be honest with yourself and, and also know what a manager does and doesn't do. Um, and you have to ask like, am I the kind of artist that a manager would want to manage? Because a lot of the time being an artist that a manager would want to manage. You, you you don't want to ask a manager to manage you. You want a manager to come to you. And it, it makes the biggest difference. Um, because a manager that sees an artist that is working hard knows at least enough business to get things out on their own, um, putting out music consistently, writing consistently, like doing enough of it that they're like, oh, I don't need anybody that is what's going to make you attractive to a manager because they're going to be like, oh, I don't have to come in and do everything. Like, if you're the kind of artist that you're able to do everything on your own, that will attract people who want to help you. And then you can actually specialize and focus. So especially at the beginning, you kind of have to know a lot of different things. And as you start to build a team, then you can start to get really focused in on what you're doing but yeah at the beginning it's really hard cuz a good manager finds you and not the other way around like if you go if you go to like a big time manager and you're like manage me manage me like they're going to they're going to be like why <laughs> like like why would i care about you yeah. um, you got to give them a reason to care you know you got to be like well cuz on my own i went viral you know or on my own i put out uh, these albums, and I have you know hundred thousand monthly listeners, and I have this many followers. Like, I've built this on my own, and now I need someone else to come in and help me. Okay. Uh, and that was what I did. You know, I, I luckily I I had some stuff going on, and that's when Brian came in. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and one thing, another another important piece about management. Uh, the there are two kinds of managers there's a manager who will come in and tell you what you're going to do and tell you what you're going to be and everybody thinks that's what they want that's not actually what you want i guarantee you that when you actually get that you're going to be miserable what you want is a manager who says tell me what you want and i'm going to make it happen that's the kind of manager you want because a manager is not supposed to steer the ship. You are the captain. You are the person steering the ship. You are the one saying, this is where we're going to go. Your manager is your first mate. Your manager is the one running the ship, making sure everything is working. Yeah. But they don't choose where it goes. You have to actually manage your manager. <laughs> like, And that's what a lot of artists don't realize. They don't recognize that. Um, And they get really frustrated because they're like, what's going on? Like, I signed something and nothing's happening. It's like, oh, that's because you have to manage your manager. You have to like, and and once you build that relationship, then they'll start being able to do things more and more on their own. But especially at the beginning, like, you are their boss. You're paying them.
0: So you got to tell them what you want, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So coming to the last segment of our episode is that it consists of two questions. So the first one is, what is the best mistake that you have ever made that, or anything that <laughs> you thought was a mistake, but then really had a positive impact later on? Hmm.
1: That's a great question. What's the best mistake I've ever made? Well, I don't know. I... I don't know about a mistake, but in, in a lot of ways, Lullaby Club was a total, it was, an, it was a total accident, yeah. you know, like, I started to do Lullaby Club because I was supposed to be doing a marketing plan for my EP that I had finished, and Brian and I were working on it, and in, instead of doing that, I was procrastinating. and so so I didn't want to do it and I had to make like videos for TikTok and Instagram and I did not want to do it because I was just like oh I hate social media um and I would go on Clubhouse because it was just fun and it was live and it was totally different um and it was a total mistake that like me playing songs at night for people and doing it in a soft voice um turned into anything at all. I think Lullaby Club is, it's definitely not a mistake, but it was an accident for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, biggest mistake, I mean, God, I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> yeah, really cool. I, yeah, I think it's hard because I, I'll have to think about it, but I think my my general position on mistakes is that they're good. <laughs> 'Cause that's the only way that exactly. you learn. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't make any mistakes then I wouldn't it would actually be kinda of bad because if I wasn't making mistakes anymore I wouldn't get to grow yeah. anymore. Exactly. And that would be super boring. Yep,
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to the second question, is it uh, what are some books or some movies that really, you know, gave you some or impacted your life or changed your life?
1: Oh, man. So many. <laughs> I should have prepared. Okay, um, books. So a book that immediately comes to mind is a book called The Power of Habit. Uh, now, that book has sort of been superseded by Atomic Habits by yeah. James Clear. Um, I haven't read Atomic Habits. But I am on James Clear's newsletter, and so uh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a book that really changed things for me just because it helped me realize that, like, if I wanted to become the kind of person I wanted to be, what I really needed to change were my habits, and I needed to get better control and better understanding of what are my negative habits, what are my positive habits, what are the habits I want to do less of. What are the habits I want to do more of? Yeah. Um, and again, it's that consistency. You know, one uh, percent better over ten years That's is a lot, lot of growth, time. right? Um, and I think it's taking that long-term view. Um, so, Power of Habit, really great book. I, I would say, like, maybe check out James Clear's book because everybody seems yeah. to like that one even more now. Yeah. Uh, but, and I should probably take another look at it too, honestly. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, another book is called The Happiness Trap,
0: Thank you.
1: Uh, which is a book that is much more about relating to self-worth, how we deal with tough emotions. Um, I think a central idea from that book that is super helpful is... And it sounds obvious when you say it, but it was mind blowing for me when I read it, which is that there is no such thing as good emotions, and there is no such thing as bad emotions. There is only such thing as emotions. Joy is not a good emotion. Fear is not a bad emotion. Anger is not a bad emotion. Like these are, they're all the same, and they're all parts of a whole, and. Taking away that labeling of like good, you know,
2: yeah.
1: I, I only want to feel this bad I, I'm i not allowed to feel this if I feel this like then I'm messing up
2: yeah.
1: like Has done a lot for me In terms of dealing with my own emotions and as I go through tough things or as I go through great things and yeah. I think generally being able to keep things chill <laughs> you know, because yeah. life is full of ups and downs. Yeah. So, and the only thing you can really control is like not even how you feel, but what you do with the feeling. And so that that book is great, and it, just about happiness in general, and it, 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 it's a really really powerful book. Um, I mean, those are like nonfiction books. I am just a massive fan of like fantasy and sci-fi, and so I'm always reading like a sci-fi book or I'm always reading a fantasy book. Um, most recently, I read Dune, <laughs> like yep. you know, yeah. but before the movie came out because I was like, oh, I want to yeah. get ready for it. Yes, yeah. um, beautiful, beautiful book. Um, you know, movies. I don't watch a ton of movies anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, the You know what movies I watch, man? I watch a lot of Marvel movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of Marvel movies. That, that, but, like, for entertainment, I think, like, movies are hard for me because it's hard for me to, like, pay attention to something for, like, two and a half hours like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless somebody sits me down to make <laughs> me watch it with them. Yeah. yeah. Like, usually, like, books, audiobooks, Articles online. I think that's where I do find a lot of like the sort of like life skills stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That, that that's great. So we we basically list these books on the on our Instagram page. So that's where it it might help some people. They might read it and they might find it amazing. So that's the yeah. that's the idea behind. This. So thanks again. Thanks a lot. So this episode uh, again for the audience. All of the links for Axel is going to be in the description of this episode. So check that out. And you can go there. You can go to his website. You can text him. And you can t- check out Lullaby Club. We can do everything. And we can. I'll link it below. So thanks, man. Thanks a lot for coming. Thank you for singing for us. This has been an amazing episode. I hope you had some fun, and I hope you live, lived up to the, any expectation if you had, and yeah, just had some fun.
1: I had I had a lot of fun, man. Thank you, and I I you, I, I know, and I can tell that you did your research, and I appreciate that. And uh, I'll I'll say that I, there for anybody that cares about Lullaby Club definitely pay attention because there's going to be some really exciting things happening yeah. uh, in the next month. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears peeled, uh, just, uh, you know, if, if if people haven't already sign up for our mailing list. You can also sign up for my texting if you're in the US and if you're outside of the US. Uh, some people do like Google voice, in it. it still works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, definitely keep up with me uh, because there's about to be some real crazy stuff that's about to happen. And uh, you should be the first to know.
0: We can't end the episode on a better note. That's amazing. So (laughs) check it out. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming from everywhere. And thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah,
1: man. Thank you so much.